1: presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today
2: that's a wrap yo that's a wrap it was an amazing experience hope everybody enjoyed it hope they got some laughs and good entertainment
3: this is warriors wrap up on 95 The game
4: Steve Kerr wants somebody to come up top. He's jumping up and down in midcourt. He says, Draymond, go screen for Curry. He does. Curry gets Herter, takes a three. Good! It's good! Timeout, Sacramento. Number 30. One of seven three-pointers on what was just an incredible night for Stephen Curry as the Warriors on the back of number 30 are able to come back and defeat the Sacramento Kings inside Chase Center. 116-113, to 113, the final. John Dickinson inside Chase Center, and wow. Uh, just to be able to witness one of the all-time greats playing at an all-time great level when, for the most part, the rest of his team just doesn't have it and is trying to find it. This is one of those games where, yeah, it's November 7th. Yeah, they're playing the Sacramento Kings, but Stephen Curry was electrifying. Just a Hall of Fame-type performance from a future Hall of Famer and an all-time NBA legend to carry his team to victory and almost single-handedly at times tonight pull the Warriors up, and out of the five game losing streak and hole that they had been stuck in since the last time that they had played in this building going back uh, eleven nights ago. So eight at 9-5-7-0. John Dickinson on Warriors wrap up here in 95.7 the game. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text. We'll be with you here for the next hour as yeah, right off the top. The Warriors' five-game losing streak is over, and for a good chunk of the night, it looked like not only was the losing streak going to be extended, but it was going to be extended in just agonizing fashion. Steve Kerr, before the ball game, and and really over the course of the last couple of days, talking about lineup changes and rotational changes, and the Warriors did with the starting group get off to a twenty-seven. 27- to 17 start, but uh, the bench, the new look bench came in and gave it all back and then some. Warriors went from 27-17 up, and it was actually even 27-15, so 12 points up in the first quarter with about 3.50 to go in that quarter to down by two at the end of the first quarter, 31-29, and Sacramento over the remainder of the half just took the game over, and it went from the Warriors up 12 to the uh, Kings up 12 at the half. It was 52-28 over a 15-plus minute stretch to close the first half, and the Warriors just, uh, just discombobulated, just unable, just disconnected. Uh, you know, overpassing at times, taking bad shots at times, just inopportune turnovers. The defensive effort, uh, especially in the first half, just non-existent for the most part, and even times in the second half as the Warriors were trying to climb out of the hole, really Steph trying to lead the Warriors out of the hole, it would be one of those things, either a brutal uh, defensive possession or a bad shot or a turnover to help Sacramento reestablish momentum. And I didn't at any point (laughs) until the Warriors got up three at 116 to 113 in the final second-plus Believe that that really the Warriors were going to win this game. It, it just did not have that feel. It felt like sixth consecutive loss on tap. Bench problems continuing to be magnified, even with a new bench, and the Warriors having to expend a ton of energy coming off a long road trip. Where yes, a lot of the veteran players didn't play, and yes, the Warriors have the next three days off. But it just felt like it was it was all bad, and and but Steph. Saved them the defensive intensity better in the second half. A little bit of Sacramento being Sacramento, uh, I thought, down the stretch. And the Warriors were, were fortunate uh, that Kevin Herter was not shooting three free throws at the end of regulation to try and tie that game as it looked like Klay Thompson came pretty close Uh, if not actually making contact with Herter as Herter flailed and and tried to hit a, a desperation heave there. What was going on there? What was going on with the Kings trying to avoid fouling Steph Curry? Uh, and then trapping Steph Curry into a a position where the clock almost ran out on him before ultimately Curry was fouled and, and went to the free throw line to put uh, the Warriors up 3 but uh, a lot to get into from this one at 888-957-9570 as uh Stephen Curry just the one and only saves the Warriors from what would have been, I think, a, a pretty ugly postgame show here tonight on 95-7, on the game, and, and frankly, rightfully so. And and this now allows the Warriors uh, a couple of days to try and catch their breath, and I know they felt like maybe they had already gone back to the drawing board with some of the changes that were made, but it, it looks as if they really need to continue to go back to the drawing board. Maybe, whatever the drawing board was over the weekend to set up the rotation from tonight, which saw... No James Wiseman or Jamichael Green at all. DNP coaches' decisions. It saw a bench group that featured Anthony Lamb and Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga, for all the talk about him getting back in there and being a major part of things, he only plays nine minutes. He was a minus 17 in those nine minutes. Uh, Jordan Poole, Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome, it was all bad for the Warriors bench in this one. And really, this is one of those games. We talked about it on Warriors Live where – The starting group continues to be one of the best groups in the NBA, and and you look, everybody a plus. I mean, led by Curry and Draymond, plus 20, plus 19. Wiggins, plus 16. Looney, for the time that he was out on the floor, a a plus player. Uh, And and Poole, much better when playing with the starters. Even Clay Thompson, a plus 10, although he shot it woefully at at 6 of 18 in this game. But it, it just tells you that... And this has happened a few times. No matter how good the Warriors starters have been, they've been bad enough to essentially wipe out any of the positives and send the game into a tailspin. And that that's what happened in this game. The Warriors looked like they were primed to come out and, and maybe put a thumping on the Kings, but it was just an avalanche created by that bench group that the starters couldn't even necessarily save, even in the closing minutes of the the first half. So you wind up down by 12. You come out at the top of the third quarter, and Jordan Poole inserted into the starting lineup for the Warriors at the beginning of the third. Looked like it gave him a little bit of life. I think in part, Steve Kerr, and we'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, you do that because you want to get Poole going. I thought they did it to try and go small and make – Demonis Sabonis a lesser uh, impact on the game because he really got off I think 14 and 11 in the first half and they were running a lot of pick and rolls and Sabonis was kind of having his way you play small you play fast with Sabonis you can get him into some foul trouble you can run him off the court he has a very difficult time guarding with pace and guarding teams that 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 really want to play and spread the floor so the Warriors spread it out I thought the other reason you go to Jordan Poole in the starting lineup and is you make Kavon Looney one of your bench players, and that in turn helps your bench because Steve Kerr ripped up the rotation sheet from the first half and said, I got to do something different in the second half, and it was clear, and this saved the Warriors for all the talk at times about not wanting to chase wins. Steve Kerr gets a lot of credit tonight because he knew they needed a win, and he chased the win, and so you look at this, and the Warriors... The pool move was chasing the win. Curry coming back with 10.06 to go in the fourth quarter when things looked like they had the potential to get completely out of hand and Sacramento rebuilding their lead up to nine after the Warriors had cut it down to one. So Kerr goes to Curry, who just had a breathtaking fourth quarter, had 30 after three, if that wasn't good enough. He chases that with 17 in the fourth quarter to finish with 47. Just an epic, epic night from Stephen Curry, but credit to Steve Kerr for going after it, with a lot of the regulars getting the night off Friday, so a couple of days off leading into this, and then a couple of days off between now and the Warriors next game, which is going to be in this building on Friday night against Cleveland, and so he went for it, and Put pool in there, and that meant Looney was a bench player, and Ty Jerome got a few minutes, and Anthony Lamb got a few minutes in the second half, and that was basically it. Eight man rotation, but it was really more like a seven and a half, six man rotation for the most part in, in the second half, and no Kaminga, no Moody, uh, and the Warriors wind up able to come back on the back of number 30. 8 at 0. Uh, let's get to the phone lines here on Warriors wrap-up. We'll start with Johnson in the city. What's going on, Johnson? You're on with J.D. on 95.7 The Game.
0: Uh, Thank
2: you, J.D. Um, Yeah, I just want to say a a great win by the Warriors. Stephanie Curry was amazing. The reason why I called is um, I I think I I want to go all the way in with with, uh, Steve Kerr's philosophy of uh, we we got to get more – Two-way contract, veteran players in here, and and get rid of the high school players to the G League, and stop insulting Stephen Curry and making them play with these high school players. We need to win now, and we need veteran players. Thank you.
4: Thanks for the call. Well, you can only have two two-way players, and at this point, those spots are are filled with Anthony Lamb and and with Ty Jerome. And uh, they, they wound up being a couple of the players that were, that were effective, at least more effective than than some of the other guys that were out there in that second half. But uh, the the bench issue is continuing to be an issue. And if you lose this game, I mean, heads might explode at, at that point. I, I mean – and look, Sacramento I do think has improved over what they've been the last couple of years. I, I don't think they're a playoff team for sure, not a playoff team. They they may be a play-in team, they may not be a play-in team. I think they'll probably be battling for for a play-in spot. Uh you know, 9-10, somewhere in there. They are they're anywhere probably between 9th and 12th in the Western Conference this year. But they're improved from what they've been. I think they're going to be a, a more competitive opponent on most nights with Mike Brown and, and some of their young talent that, that they've developed and, and a couple of the veterans they've acquired. But, yeah, it, on a night where you say, looking at the bench, that you're going to give Kaminga run – and it's celebrated as if that's going to be some kind of a cure-all, and he plays his way off the floor. Again, I mean, how many times is Jonathan Kaminga going to get opportunities and then play his way off the floor? This is I, the second time now this season, and I know Steve Kerr did say post game that he's going to be back in the rotation next game, and, and I do think he has to give him at least a couple of games worth a run, but this isn't necessarily a conversation about... It, the young players getting opportunities. It's about young players having to be able to be effective when they are given opportunities. And right now, it's not happening at a level to where it's making the Warriors a bad team overall. Even when Stephen Curry scored 47 points, I mean, against Sacramento, you're barely winning the game. And you're needing these Herculean efforts from the other veteran players playing 40 minutes Wiggins, 38 minutes Curry, 36 minutes Draymond, Clay Thompson tonight, 38 minutes. And so you need all these major, major efforts to win these games because it's not just that the, the young guys are struggling or the young guys are, are needing more time. It's just they are completely and wholly ineffective at, at, at a level by which they are flipping games and flipping games fast, and it doesn't matter the opponent. It, it you know, Wiseman's in, and uh, these last few games before tonight, and teams are attacking him and taking advantage of him. He doesn't play tonight. Other guys get their opportunity. Kaminga predominantly, and it's and it's just as problematic. So the, the Warriors are going to have to figure it out. I think they were going to try some new combinations tonight, and it didn't work to the point where Steve Kerr had to to go to the drawing board and decide to to just try and do everything possible to stop the bleeding. I think that's what Steve Kerr did tonight. He did everything possible, and it still doesn't happen without Curry having a, a legendary performance for the ages. Uh, but I think at this point, you take it, you, you get back on the practice court, and you try to figure out some semblance of how these young players can help you at a more effective rate than they have at at this point because the one thing we've seen is if you're playing these players the limited time that you're playing them and they're still impacting the game in a negative manner to the point where you're losing games and you're losing games against teams that are at the bottom of the, the conference and at the bottom of the league then that means you can't just decide to play them more and allow them to develop and take their lumps because that means you're going to lose even more in the short term. And I think tonight is a statement by Steve Kerr that he's not willing to go farther than he has to this point as far as sacrificing uh, winning to develop young players. You can't do that when you've got your starters and your veterans among the best groups in the NBA and you're still having a hard time winning games even against some of the teams that are, that are in true rebuilds across the league. So 888-957-9570. Pastor Lankford is next in Oakland. What's going on, Pastor? Hey, how you doing? Thanks. I agree
2: with you. But I think what's missing is that we had some key role players on last year's championship team. Um, Gary Payton Jr., the great defensive play. He was great. Um, um, you know, rebounder, defender, make key shots, Porter, and I forget the other player. Those three players played significant roles, which allowed the younger players, uh, Moody, Kaminga, and even Poole, um, to be confident in play. So now the newer veterans, they're not delivering either. So I think the younger players, and I'm really impressed with Moody. I think Moody um, has demonstrated the level of play, he should be able to be play more. And I think you got a seven footer. You gotta put him in there and let him learn. You can't keep benching a guy. He's been sitting for three years. You know, he's gotta get in and you gotta give him time to to learn. Um, we all know also that Coach Kurz likes um, experimenting with um, this group, that group, this guy, that guy. So yeah. It's been successful. Hopefully I think it'll pay off. But I think the younger guys are younger, we're just gonna to have to give it time they they've been there they they were utilized i mean i remember moody um, in the series against dallas he was outstanding and i've been seeing consistency there with him but i think some of the new veterans we brought on they got to step it up these new guys helped to win a championship and younger players need time to develop
4: no doubt and thanks for the call pastor appreciate it 8889579570 Otto Porter Jr. is not coming back. Jermichael Green has not been anything like what Otto Porter Jr. was last year, and and I think it would probably be unfair to expect that. To be perfectly honest, Gary Payton II, uh, you know Dante Divincenzo was brought in. I think in part different type of player, but to offset some of that, a more veteran type presence, even a younger veteran type player, and he's been injured since the last time that these two teams played a couple of weeks ago. So you're you're not. Getting any stability from him, and now Jermichael Green has been made at least for the time being unplayable, and so yeah, you are not getting anything from those roles, and you also don't have a guy like Damian Lee. I know Warrior fans are probably out there screaming as I mentioned it, but you know Damian lee's somebody that's that's playing here and there a little bit from Phoenix, and you know he's somebody that would have been playing. With tonight, when the Warriors uh, were were struggling and and the young guys were struggling, I get it. You you gotta you have to have a balance between giving the young players enough time to develop and and make mistakes and have the freedom to make mistakes and learn and grow and become better players, but it creates a disconnect between the two facets of this franchise right now which is these veterans that are legends and champions and future Hall of Famers and still by the way are quite effective when you look at their numbers tonight Xfinity Mobile text line with the, the nod that yes all Warriors starters in the positive by a significant margin all Warriors bench players a negative in this one with the closest to an even being Moses Moody at a minus one so you look at the Warriors, and it, 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 there is a disconnect. And I think you're seeing it on the court. The, the the veteran players aren't trusting of the young players. They know they're not good enough to play at the same level that the veteran players are at, and I think that adds a little bit of pressure to the young players. The the one that I can't figure out is Jordan Poole. That's the one that I can't figure out. Uh, just two points tonight, uh, 1 of 4, 0 of 2. And you know Jordan Poole, while he did just – by being a more playable player than some of the others, give the Warriors a chance to come back in the second half and ultimately win this game, they got to do something to get him going because I think he's struggled mightily because of the talent that he's had to be on the floor. I think part of the calculus to the way the Warriors built this team was to have Jordan Poole be able to bring the young players along and play more of them together in a bench group and have Jordan Poole lead that group and score and be efficient. And he just has not been anywhere near as effective on the floor with the other bench players as he is when he's on the floor with the starting group. And frankly, he hasn't been effective, period. So how do you shake Jordan Poole out of it in what is a different role, I think, even than the role that he had for a good chunk of the regular season last year? We forget he he was a starter a lot last year playing with Steph Curry so I think that's another dynamic. So the veteran guys that aren't walking through that door, part of this thing it's different, maybe not as good right now. You're not getting as much from Poole right now. Clay Thompson he's he's trying to grind through it, but he isn't the same player clearly that 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 he wants to be at at this point. and it's a ton of Steph Curry. It's a lot of Draymond Green who continues to play very well. him and him and Steph just leading the way tonight. Uh, and and there, you know, Andrew Wiggins is a is a prime player right now. That's that's athletic and really somebody that that stands out on the floor more and more. When you look at the, the level that that you know, he's somebody that can ride it, it, it with with Steph and with Draymond right now, and and, and do things on the court. Twenty five and ten tonight for, for Andrew Wiggins. Some bad turnovers, but he's trying to help pull this team up right now uh because they need it and they were they were in desperation mode it felt like in the, in the second half they get the win they're able to get to 4 and 7 and now get a couple of days off and and let's see if they can start stringing together some better basketball some more cohesion between the young players and the veteran players because you know tonight is nice but you know tonight is tonight is uh you know still there there's a lot while you'll take the win, there's a lot of just red flags that you look moving forward here and if if things don't change and get better, there's gonna be a lot of other nights where the warriors can't get a win. Uh, you know, Cleveland's coming in here on Friday. You're not gonna beat Cleveland with the with the game that you had tonight, uh, against Sacramento. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. 888 uh, More phone calls coming up here. We'll pause. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. Ricky, we'll get to you coming up first. A lot of text messages to get to. It's Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
6: to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash podcast.
4: Warriors up three, Fox will throw it at the far hash mark. Monk sprints to the corner, Herter comes out by the sideline, shoots over Thompson, blocked. Herter thought he got fouled, he's screaming at Pat Frayer, so is Sabonis. The Kings don't get the call, the Warriors exhale here at Chase Center, they get a win. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on ninety-five-seven. The Game. Klay Thompson get away with one, or nah? 888-957-9570. Talking to some people on the Sacramento side of things, I think uh they're pretty frustrated. <laughs> they thought uh that Kevin Herter did get fouled by Clay Thompson. Look to me on the final play, and a no-call it is, Warriors beat the Kings tonight, one sixteen to one thirteen. we'll hear from Steve Kerr coming up here in just a couple of minutes. 888-957-9570. Phone number two, give me a call or shoot me a text. Also a little bit of context on just how great Stephen Curry's night was. 47 points in this one to go with 8 assists and 8 rebounds. Uh, we will uh, have that coming up momentarily. But uh, on the final shot, or Kevin Herter, and yeah, a lot of people on the Sacramento side, I was kind of going through their, their Twitter and talking to a few of the reporters that that cover the Kings, and yeah, there's, there's a, a belief that and Mike Brown came out after the ball game as well and and said that he thought it was a foul. Uh, And I'll just, this quote from Mike Brown, I feel bad for our guys. It's tough being a Sacramento King, I think because Kevin got fouled. I asked the ref if it was a foul. He said no, it was clearly a foul. So Mike Brown walking out of chase tonight uh, as they'll head to the bus and back to Sacramento, taking the L, but uh, looking at the replay right now, it looked like yeah, I mean, it, it looked like the, the high five action going up, and I'm watching it in slow motion. It looked almost to me as if Klay Thompson was maybe trying to trying to foul Herter on the ground before the shot went up, which is something I know the Warriors don't typically do, and especially wouldn't do with with 1.3 seconds there. But it it looked like. There was a, a lot of body from, from Clay Thompson. It is also, as uh, producer of this fine program, Sterling Bennett, told me as we were talking during the break, it's also kind of like a Hail Mary type play. It looked like Clay put his put his left hand on Herter almost to try and foul him, but you got to be careful there. But it was a, a heavy-duty closeout, and Herter kind of flailed into Clay a little bit. It looked like there might have been some contact there. But, uh, yeah, on a play that's kind of a Hail Mary type of a play, you don't typically see that called, especially so far uh, away from the basket, unless it's egregious contact. I do think it'll be interesting to see what the two-minute report has on that one as uh, the NBA releases the two-minute report for all close games the following day. Do they say that this was indeed a missed call and should have been a foul uh, on Clay Thompson that would have sent Kevin Herter to the line to try and knock down three to send the game uh, into overtime? Uh, I know the Kings uh, mentioned them a little bit. They're frustrated. Tyler Hero hit a three to beat them in Miami a couple of nights ago as this ends a long road trip for Sacramento. And, and Hero traveled on the lead up to the three, kind of stopped, leaned in, hit the three. And the next day... Uh, the NBA said, "Well, sorry, it was a, it was a travel. We didn't call it, but but you still have to take the L." So I think some frustration, a little bit of it boiling over on the Sacramento side, thinking that they got robbed again. A lot of frustration on the Warriors side tonight. Uh, not as much with the officials, although there was some frustration between Steph Curry uh, and the officials as as he drove and and hit a little pull-up, leaned in, thought he got fouled, didn't get the call, picked up a tech, and Curry, I think, boiling over a little bit the frustration, not necessarily just from the call, but even more so the frustration of just the disconnect right now between the Warriors' two units. Uh, as far as the, the bench guys and the youth versus veteran, bench versus starter, however you want to dice it up, but the fact that the game was so ugly and disjointed and disconnected uh, and, and just sloppy, ugly at times for the Warriors who continue to turn it over, overpass, take bad shots, confusion on coverages defensively. they They let the Kings really get a lot of wide-open threes in the first half, I think. Sacramento was 10 for 20, I believe, at, at halftime. They knocked down 10 threes in the first half. You had 10 for 22 in the first half. Warriors did get better in the second half. But you could sense the, the frustration, I think, boiling over a little bit from Steph. He picked up the tech. You don't typically see him that angry, but uh, he was able to channel it in a positive, positive manner to the tune of 47 points, 30 through three quarters, the 17 in the fourth quarter. And just a, just an incredible, legendary, historic-type performance from Steph. Get on my back, guys. I'm bringing you home. We're not losing tonight. This thing's going to be 4-7, and seven, and now it's on to try and regroup. Uh, from Elias. Let's, uh, in the context of Steph, before we get back to the phones, since the start of the 77-78 season, so we're going back 45 years, uh, which is when turnovers were first tracked as a, as a statistic, no player entering tonight had a game of 47 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and no turnovers. Steph Curry, the first player to have that many points, boards and assists and no turnovers so just a historic legendary performance and that note from Elias uh, via Warriors PR uh, just uh, it goes to show you right there just how how terrific Steph was tonight a little bit of context there Ricky is next at 888-957-9570 what's going on Ricky what's going on John how you doing
3: man
4: I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm trying to make some sense of this game tonight because it was it was all Steph. It was wild. It kind of reminded me a little bit of some of the some of the Bleep Show games the Warriors and Kings had a couple of years back. Uh, I think before the pandemic, sloppy, it seemed like man. every year every game was kind of like tonight.
3: Yeah, very sloppy game, man. I mean, just fortunate the Warriors are playing the Kings, right? So can't really get away with that kind of you know playing if you're trying to be one of the best teams in there. In the league, if you're playing against a, let's say, Cavaliers team that's coming on Friday, you you gotta, (laughs) you gotta clean it up, man. A lot of turnovers, man. Um, With Clay, you know, really quick on Clay, man. um, I felt bad for Clay. He, he looked like he was struggling out there in defense, man. They were attacking him, man. He couldn't even stay with Monk, Fox. You know, they were just going at Clay, man. And uh, he looked slow you know, and I get it, you know, the injuries, you know, what it is, what it is, but yeah, man, um, I just, that was just kind of sad to see Clay just look really, really horrible on defense, man, and defense was was one of his, you know, strengths. On the game itself, John, you know, Kirby was awesome, he was nasty tonight, man, what was it, 48 points, something like that, man, classic game, like you said, man. Just uh, I hope they clean it up, and you know I, I hope they just stick with a, a short rotation. I think it's better if they do. I don't. I think you know, like you said, a little earlier, if they keep playing with you know mixing it up with the young kids, I don't think it's, it's a recipe for for winning. I think that's just a recipe for losing because you're, you're you're trying to you know basically work a rotation in there or you know force a rotation in there and that is not going to work. You know, the kids are not ready. Um, but anyway, man, great game. Uh, let's go Warriors. Thank you, John.
4: Yeah, the problem is, and thanks for the call, Ricky. The problem for the Warriors is the template that they use tonight you can't use over an eighty-two game season. Like you can do it tonight because they rested guys in in New Orleans and because they don't play again until Friday. But but you can't you can't play the veterans and the starters like it's a playoff series night in night out just to beat a bad team. To, to get yourself enough wins to to qualify, like that's the conundrum. They they have to get more out of the bench and the young players and find the combinations. And And the problem is, nothing's working right now. Like, there, I mean, Steve Kerr went with the coaching staff and went to the drawing board and said, Hey, Kaminga's going to play some four, and Jamichael Green's going to take a seat, and Wiseman's not going to play at all. And you're going to give a look to Anthony Lamb, who played pretty well in New Orleans, two-way guy. What, is, what does he have? And none of it works. <laughs> like it's just, it's, you know. And you're committed to maybe giving some of these players a few games to try and get their bearings under them. And it's not only none of it works. The 510 and the Xfinity mobile text line, I thought, said it even better than I did in, in the first segment. Said, J.D., you said the bench is not matching the starters. But what is worse than that? The Warriors' bench is not keeping up with the bench of a bottom-tier team, and that's what happened tonight. That's what happened in Orlando. That's what happened in Detroit when the Warriors were taking on the Pistons. Going back uh, on the road trip, Charlotte was not playing great basketball. Hell, they had just lost to Orlando the night before the, the, the Hornets beat the Warriors at the beginning of that long Eastern trip. It's not so much... You don't expect your bench, especially a youthful one, to be keeping up with the starters at that level, but they're getting just crushed on a night in, night out basis. And it's different. It's different combinations of bench. It's different combinations of bench mixed in with some of the starters. It's just as soon as the starters a starter goes out or two starters go out, the whole game is flipping right now, and. You know, if the Warriors had been playing a better team tonight, they wouldn't have won anyway. But at the same time, it just what they're doing right now. I think Steve Kerr said it in the post game press conference. It's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable moving forward here to chase games like that every single night over an 82 game campaign. You're going to wear guys out, and there's going to be nothing left for the playoffs. Assuming you even can can win enough to get to the playoffs. So eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. RJ in San Francisco on ninety-five-seven. The game, hey RJ. Oh, RJ, uh, give us a call back. We'll get you right to, to the front of the line at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. All right, let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he addressed the media following this one. It was a wild ride tonight, but the Warriors were able to beat the Kings one sixteen to one thirteen. Here is the head coach.
7: Was this kind of the rotations you were planning?
5: Uh, first half was uh, basically the way we had planned, um, and then at halftime we decided to start Jordan for Loon uh, just to throw a changeup uh, out there. We were uh, you know, we, we were not right in that first half. I, after the good start, uh, we just lost our our uh, our juice and uh so second half it was more just kind of figure it out but we wanted to start jordan see if we could get him going a little bit and spread spread the floor i i really liked our energy uh, in the second half, um, you know, we, uh, we held them to, I think four of 18 from three in the second half, uh, as, as opposed to maybe 10 for 22 first half. And, uh, it just felt like we were making our presence felt, um, just with the energy and flying around. So second half, we, we, you know, we, we did enough to get it done, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, at that point we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants.
1: I assume you don't love like the burden on, on Steph necessarily. I I assume you don't love the burden on Steph necessarily. tonight. I mean, do you feel generally good coming out of this win or like what's, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, really great.
5: Um, we needed the win. Uh, you know, Steph had the uh, the New Orleans game off. So did so did Wiggs, So did Clay. So did Draymond. So, and we've got three days before our next game. So we felt comfortable chasing this one um, with heavy minutes, and it was obviously necessary. And um, but it's not sustainable. So we know we can't do this uh, for long.
1: Steve, how would you describe the fourth quarter where you outscored them by twelve, and Steph had seventeen?
5: I would just say that Steph was um, just breathtaking you know he's uh he's obviously one of the greatest players of all time and he plays so well on so many nights but this this even seemed like something special for him 17 for 24 eight rebounds eight assists no turnovers hitting every big shot he just put us on his back and uh the other guys played with great energy and uh i thought the the starting group you know did did everything necessary to win the game wigs with a couple big threes you know clay's defense draymond and loon they were all fantastic but that was just steph curry deciding we were going to win
7: Entering tonight, you talked a lot about how Jonathan Camingo was going to earn minutes, was going to be part of the rotation. Didn't play in the second half though.
5: Moving forward, is he still in the rotation, or is it back to the drawing board, making more adjustments? No, no, or? no. yeah, as Jk will be out there next game. So as I said, you know, at halftime, every, the way the game was going, we decided to. So change the, the rotation up, but, uh, you know, he, he'll be back out there.
7: For a quick one. Were you, uh, intending to foul there up three, 1.3 or was there, was there no foul?
5: No, because based on 1.3, it pretty much had to be a catch and shoot. Uh, so we were just playing on the outside of the three point line. Uh, you know, we, we told our guys just, if they want to get anything towards the rim, uh, let them, let them have anything you know inside the 3 point line just guard the guard the line and um it's just too dangerous um to foul in that situation because whoever catches it it's going to be going up with a shot and as we found out last year it, it's it seems kind of random whether people in that situation get continuation or not we were on the wrong end of one of those last year when lebron uh we fouled lebron before the shot but they gave him the free throws and i i didn't have a challenge of we didn't have a timeout left either so it was just you know challenge as best we can and um clay got a good challenge
7: and just it's 11 games now on the bench you know the minuses are piling up it's an accumulation here i know it's still early i know you're happy because of the win, but how big a problem is this becoming and i mean another big minus for pool another big minus for almost everybody on the bench for moody is this becoming a major issue in your mind
5: well it's an it's an early season issue and um you know i uh, we got 71 games left so um it's something we uh are going to address we'll continue to address and uh, i have a lot of confidence in our guys uh, jp's in a little bit of fun- of a funk right now but um we know what he can do he's so important to uh you know to our bench unit and um i'm very confident that he'll get it going and the and that we'll find the right you know combinations and and uh, patterns to to help those guys get going
1: could that Potentially include him starting. I mean, did you like what you saw? Uh, you know, with him starting the second half, you've seen. Uh,
5: I, I haven't even given that any thought. Just got off the off the floor, so just happy that we won.
1: But that was kind of pool related to try to jolt him a little bit to like. Yeah, yeah.
5: Starting him in the second half was uh, was not only to get him going, but to to you know change the flow of the game. Um, and you could see right away we had we were the aggressor in the third quarter. So um, I liked what I saw out there, and we uh, even though we were a little. A little sloppy, and you know, took some some, some tough shots. I thought uh, the energy was right.
1: A lot of Lamb tonight in the second half. Over, you know, Kamenga and, and others. I guess just uh, you know, why did you uh, want to go with Lamb tonight?
5: Uh, he's got got a lot of experience. A guy we we trust. We think he's a really good player, and um, it felt like the game called for him.
6: Uh, not to harp too much on on Jordan Pool, but what are you hoping to see from him that's a, to unlock sort of his his scoring?
5: just regaining his rhythm and, and uh, confidence. And uh, this, this happens, you know, especially uh, with young players, um, such a long season, you go through some, some funks and uh, uh, I have no doubt JP will get out of it. I mean, we'll, we'll do everything we can to, to help him, but he's a really talented young guy and uh, we, we know what he's capable of.
7: You had Wiseman and J. Michael Green out of the rotation. Uh, are they on the borderline, is Jermichael Green somebody you do intend to play some more? What's their status right now?
5: Again, it's so early in the season. We have so many games ahead of us. Um, those guys are both going to find their way back into the rotation at some point. But for now, the way we played in the first half was, was the way we decided to go, you know, play a little smaller, a little more mobile, and, um, you know, kind of alternating Draymond and, and Loon at the center spot. That could change. Everything could, could change, you know, in one game. So we'll keep going. We'll see see where it takes us. Hey, Stephen. I know it's uh, earlier in the season, but did this game feel like it carried extra weight, just given the funk that you guys were in on that road trip? Yeah, for sure, like- for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's a strange feeling to uh, you know for this early in the season f- for the arena to be so tense. But you know, when you lose five in a row uh, on a road trip, uh, there is a sense of desperation and i think everybody can see we're trying to find our way out of the woods right now and so um you know we're there was a, a greater sense of intensity in that game than there normally would be you know this early in the year
1: Steve, Were you able to sense what went wrong during that stretch late first quarter early second quarter when they outscored you guys by 23 points over about nine minutes yeah we
5: let our guard down at the three-point line defensively
1: we we had a really good defensive
5: quarter going we weren't fouling uh and then um we let them get loose for a few threes late, late in that quarter. And uh, that gave them a lot of confidence and uh, for them to walk away after the first quarter up to, after we had really dominated most of the action, I think gave them a lot of, uh, a lot of hope, a, little, a lot of confidence. And it, it uh, took our momentum away.
4: All right. So Steve Kerr, there, reacting to a number of different topics, the greatness of Steph Curry and his 47.8 rebound, eight assist night. Get on his back, and uh, he carried the Warriors home to this win, 116-113. to 113. Talking about trying to get Jordan Poole going, uh, starting Poole in the second half to, to get the flow of the game. Again, I said it earlier, I think it also made it easier for Steve Kerr to play fewer players in the second half. You take Looney, who's one of your trustable players, you move him to the bench. Uh, You put pool out there with the starters. You try and get the the game going a little bit faster, and it worked. The Warriors quickly cut the lead that Sacramento had from 12 down to 1, but by the end of the quarter, they were still down 9 going to the 4th, so they almost kind of like the first quarter where the Warriors got off to a good start, but then the subs start coming in, and the lead goes bye-bye, and uh, they wind up in a position where they had to climb uh, up the mountain one more time to try and get Sacramento. They were able to do it finally in that fourth quarter. Uh, Wiggins with, with some key hoops in that quarter, but just Curry repeatedly uh, every big shot that he needed to hit. He hit uh, and three pointers drives pull-ups. I mean, it was just spectacular. The the Steph Curry show in this one as the Warriors find themselves earning the victory here, what else can the Warriors do to try and change it up? Well, you can't keep changing it up every single game, although I do think part of the conversation these next couple of days is going to be – and I think it would you – know, you can't blame James Wiseman for the bench struggles tonight. And and I know uh, he was drawing the ire of, of the fan base, I think, to it to a certain extent. Uh, maybe a little bit unfairly in, in the last – Let's say four or five games leading up to tonight. I thought he played okay the first four or five games. The Warriors were, you know, off to a, a three and one start before hitting the road. But but on that road trip, uh, he he really did struggle. And then Jamichael Green. I think the Warriors are, are going to bench him for the time being and and try to use him more potentially as a as a center as opposed to a, a power forward. And it frees up time for Kaminga. But Kaminga just you know. I felt almost at times like the Warriors were trying to get the ball to Kaminga in an attempt to let him, you know, feel good about being out on the floor, get him some touches, try and let him attack and score, feel good, and almost as if that get him to get him to engage in other ways, get him to fly around and try and defend and rebound and and try and make some plays in in other ways, and it just it just I thought took the Warriors completely out of what they were. You know, trying to do it was a it was a you know almost a 2012 2013. Hey, Mark Jackson. Hey, let's uh, let's put the guy out on the out on the and the short post and throw it to him and let him let him just go to work and try and bulldoze his way. And he did attack the rim and have a tremendous dunk uh, as well. He cast off on a couple of three pointers that were, uh, I thought, uh, tough looks and, and and maybe even bad shots. But uh, the the margin for error right now with the Warriors and the young players. And, and I think the other part, too, as you look at the dichotomy between the two, is I think the young players kind of know right now that they're not helping, and that's hurting confidence and mojo and, and vibe. And I think the starters know that the young players right now aren't, aren't clicking with them, and that's hurting the vibe. And and the confidence and everything that that has been so paramount, so critical to the Warriors' success over the years, it just it almost in a way feels like two different teams. You've got the veteran team that that knows the ceiling and what they're capable of. You've got the young team that that almost has to function like they did in the game against the Pelicans, where they can just get out there and get theirs and and play free and, and not have any problems. And and the two just are not gelling and it's almost as if Jordan Poole is the one guy trying to connect both, and he can't even do it at this point because he's not playing well either, especially when he's out there with the young guys, and there's just just a lot of work to be done, and the Warriors find themselves up against it now in a big way because they are not winning enough, and that's where just getting one tonight uh, we don't have time to play Steph Curry's post-game press conference, but but Steph maybe with the quote of the night uh, as far as uh, just getting a win here in, in this one, as uh, Steph said, quote, I've never been more happy about a win in game 11 of the regular season. And I think that that tells you all you need to know about you know better than the alternative. Wasn't great. Appreciate Steph for all of his greatness. And it's better than the alternative because you could could you imagine the Warriors sitting at three and eight right now with three days off and Cleveland coming in and the schedule about to ramp up and, and playing Sacramento again here in a couple of days in sack and then going back to Phoenix and and hitting the road for a for a stretch after that. The Warriors, you know, every, every win you you don't get to dip further below 500 is two wins you have to get to get back to 500. And so just to stop the bleeding for a couple of days and be able to learn and grow off of a victory, uh, I, I think, is is huge. So we'll call it a night on that note uh, as the Warriors get the win, 116-113, to a uh, couple of days off for the Warriors. No game until Friday, uh, and I'll be back here from Chase with Warriors Live before that one, 6 o'clock, here on 95.7, the game, the Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers as the Dubs now going to be in the midst of a stretch where just two games over what will be 12 days uh, when you go back to having the weekend off and then uh, the two games that they're going to play uh, these next couple of nights uh, with the the time off in between two games in eight days rather for for the Warriors on the calendar uh, as they will take on the Cavs on Friday. So that'll do it. Uh, back with you on Friday. Make sure you keep it locked here at 95.7 The Game. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Uh, keep it locked right here at 95.7 The Game. We'll talk to you from Chase on Friday. Warriors sigh of relief as they beat the Kings tonight. Somehow, some way, one sixteen to one thirteen. You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game. Good night.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.